Hey everyone, welcome to Trips Tennis Talk, the amateur podcast about professional tennis championship Saturday edition for Wimbledon 2023. Thanks for finding the pod, thanks for downloading, and thank you for listening. So we have to get right into the most compelling match of the day, and by far the best match of the day, and that is the men's wheelchair doubles final. Yes, we are starting in a little bit of a different place today, and if you haven't seen this match, and if you've got uh, the ESPN app, you should absolutely go check this out. It was the final between number one seeds Alfie Hewitt and Gordon Reed taken on Miki and Oda in the finals. And the scoreline doesn't necessarily look that competitive, but the match was great. So I can start with that. So let's go ahead and do that. Let's talk about that match first. So Hewitt and Reed are the men's wheelchair doubles champions. They get the win 3-6, 6-love, 6-3. The points in this match were very entertaining. In wheelchair doubles, the ball is allowed to bounce twice. It was a compelling tennis match. It felt like a regular match. The crowd was really into it. Court one was not at capacity, but it was pretty close. I would say it was maybe 80 to 85% full. And Hewitt and Reed are British. So the crowd was very enthusiastic, really from the first couple of games of the match. It wasn't a case where the crowd meandered in at the last changeover at the very end. They were there from start to finish to support their British team. And that was a lot of fun to see. Hewitt and Reed definitely got better as the match went on. I thought Mickey and Oda didn't have as much power. They were able to stay in the points, and they were able to do their part in terms of creating memorable points. But it seemed to me like Hewitt and Reed definitely had more power on their shots. Obviously, I'm not a wheelchair tennis expert by any means, but that was my amateur read on that situation. The second set was a bagel for the British team, but even so, that was an entertaining set. The points were great. The third set, they got up a break to go up 3-2. Hewitt and Reed did, and they surrendered their serve to make it 3-all in the third set. There was a feeling in the stadium at that moment like they could let it slip away from there, but they did the opposite. They took the momentum back. They won the next three games to go from 3-all to 6-3 in that third set. And the roar on match point, it was totally great. I, I really enjoyed that match, and everyone listening to this should go seek it out. Num- number one, just to watch the most entertaining match that was played today, to be quite honest. And number two, to give some spotlight to the wheelchair game. The wheelchair 
um, tournaments only exist at the Grand Slams. There's not that many of them. But it was definitely fun one today. Let's see if there's anything that pops out to me on the stats here. Uh, second serve points one for the match. Hewitt and Reed. Or I'm sorry, first serve points one. Hewitt and Reed, 57%. Mickey and Oda, 44%. There were nine breaks for Hewitt and Reed. Six breaks for Mickey and Oda. Something about this too. The speed of the ball, just to be blunt, the speed of the ball is slower than in the uh, sort of conventional uh, game because the wheelchair players don't have the lower body strength. For example, on the serve, the serve is all arm for the, you know, I'm just going to use the phrase able-bodied, okay, for the... For the able-bodied players, uh, when they serve, you know you can see, you see photos of them often uh, with both feet in the air, with the player totally airborne on the serve, and the the foot, the legs, uh, generate that extra pace. Um, but um, uh, the the slower speed of the ball. It makes it more relatable because for us mere mortals that play, we hit the ball really slowly. So the speed of the ball on the camera was a lot closer to uh, what it is for, uh, you know, club players. And I'm not suggesting that, you know, club players are better than even these guys. If I, if I, if I played these guys, I probably still wouldn't win a game because I'm a complete hack. Uh, so, just, uh, throwing that out there. Oda is only 17 years old, so if he wanted to, he could play this for another 23 years. Crazy, isn't it? J just to get into Hewitt and Reed a little bit, because to be quite honest, I didn't know that much about them, but... They've been uh, huge figures. I'm, I mean, Alfie Hewitt's got 23 Grand Slam titles, and he's only 25. So let's take a look at that. Um, in, uh, let's just do the doubles. <laughs> in doubles, he's won the last four Australian Opens, the last four Roland Garroses. Um... Won Wimbledon this year for his uh, fifth title overall, and he's won the U.S. Open five times. In fact, in the last, you know, dating, dating back to the 2019 U.S. Open, he's only lost twice in majors. Um, yeah, so very successful player for sure. Now let's look up Gordon Reed. He's 31, so he's significantly older. Let me see if his results are any different. No, it looks like he's been partnered with Alfie Hewitt for a while now. 
but he's won some Grand Slams with other guys. And uh, in doubles, he's got a French Open title with uh, Shingo Kunida and uh, a U.S. Open title with Stefan Houdet and uh, an Australian Open title with Joachim Girard. But then other than that, it looks like he's been with Alfie Hewitt since full-time since 2017 or so. So that has been a very successful partnership. Um, elsewhere on the grounds today, we'll come to the matches that, that were on center court on Saturday in just a moment. But let's go through some of the other results from today. Um, the uh, men's wheelchair semis were today, and this is the singles. Alfie Hewitt beat De La Puente, 6-3, 6-2. And uh, Oda in the singles beat Gordon Reed, 6-3, 6-4. So tomorrow in the singles final, it'll be Oda versus Hewitt. So they'll be playing each other for the second day in a row. On court three, Dita DeGroot won the ladies' wheelchair singles final. 6-2, 6-1 over Grifoyen. Grifoyen. And DeGroot is also a dominant wheelchair player. Let's take a look at her results. She is 26 years old, career singles record of 405 wins and 67 losses. Uh, and she has many Grand Slam titles. She has in, in singles, which is what we're doing here, she's got five Australian Opens, four French Opens, five Wimbledons, and five U.S. Opens. And she's won every single Grand Slam since the 2020 French Open, or the 2020 U.S. Open, because they were played out of order that year. But, according, you know, putting the, the table in its traditional order of the four slams, she's won uh, three... Four, eight, twelve. She's won twelve consecutive Grand Slams. Actually, it's eleven by the pro appropriate time. She's won eleven consecutive Grand Slams. The wheelchair game is prone to domination by just a couple of players. Some of you might remember Esther Vergeer, who racked up similar numbers of domination. I think she was even more dominant than DeGroote is, to be honest. But 6-2, uh, 6-1 today over her countrywoman. All right. Um, taking a look at the other results for today. There were some junior matches, so let's uh, find those in just a minute. Oh, quad wheelchair singles, semis. Davidson beat the number two seed, Schroeder, 6-4, 2-6, 6-3. In the quad wheelchair doubles final on court three, the number one seeds, Schroeder and Vink, beat the number two seeds, Davidson and Shaw, 7-6, 6-love. In the quad wheelchair singles semis, Davidson beat Schroeder, 6-4, 2-6, 6-3. Uh, 
The number two seed is out, and the number one seed, Vink, beat Ramfati 6-1, 6-love. In the boys' doubles semifinals today, Philip and Volpita beat the number two seeds, Fonseca and Prado Angelo, 7-6-6-2. And the number six seeds, Juric and Gia, beat the number seven seeds, Blanche and Horovitz, 6-4-6-4. In the girls' doubles semis, Klugman and Lacey beat Evans and Hamilton, 6-2-6-4. And Kovakova and Samsonova beat the number two seeds, Jamrikova and Ergesi, 6-2-6-4. In the boys' singles semis, Searle defeated Williams, 7-6-6-3. And Demian beat Blanche, 4-6-6-3-6-4. Henry Searle is a Brit, so a Brit will be contesting the junior singles final tomorrow. Girls singles semis. Um, Nganwe beat Jamrakova, 6-love, six 6-3. Six and Bartunkova upset the number one seed, Korniva, 6-4, 7-6. All right, now let's come on to the match that you've been waiting for me to talk about, the, the match in which a player that has made Grand Slam finals before would finally get over the hump to win their first one. And, of course, I'm talking about the gentlemen's doubles final between uh, Kulhoff Skupski and Granoliers Zabios. And uh, the number one seeds, Wesley Kulhoff and Neil Skupski, are the winners. 6-4, 6-4 over Granoliers and Zabios, the Spanish and Argentine pairing. This match was over in lightning quick time, only an hour 17. And the men's doubles um, uh, format, or the, the men's doubles game, is such that the points are so quick, so short most of the time. Granoliers and Zabios had one chance at 3-2 in the first set. They got a break point, but Kulhoff and Skupski held and then broke quickly, and then the match was theirs from that point. They were they definitely deserved to win, and uh, they are the number one team, and they get their first Grand Slam title. Skupski, the Brit, was the guy that served it out at 5-4 in the second set, so definitely a nice moment for Britain, a nice moment for that team. The men's doubles were best of three this year for the first time. It definitely takes away some of the magic and it definitely takes away an element that makes the Wimbledon doubles unique in my opinion. So with the ATP doubles tournament in the books, let's take a look at where the uh, live race to uh, Turin is for the doubles. All right. Uh, West uh, Kulhoff and Skupski are number one. Dodig and Krychek are two. Bopana and Ebden are three. Number four, Granoliers and Zabios. Number five, Gonzalez and Roger Vaselin. Number six, Nice and Zelensky. Number seven, Gile and Vliegen, who was in the mixed doubles final. Number eight, Gonzalez and Moltani. 
Um, on the outside looking in, uh, Murray and Venus are nine. Hijikata and Kubler, 10. Krawitz and Putz, 11. Glasspool and Heliovara, 12. And uh, former top dogs, Mekdic and Pavic are 16. And Rajiv Ram and Joe Salisbury down in 19th. Not a good year for them so far, but they can rebound. Um, so, yeah, there you have it. Um, let's talk about the uh, order of play for tomorrow. All right, this is the order of play for Sunday, July 16th, the final day of Wimbledon. Center court, 2 p.m. local, 9 a.m. east, 6 a.m. west coast. First, the gentlemen's singles final between Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic. Followed by the ladies' doubles final, Storm Hunter and Elise Mertens versus Sue Shea and Barbora Strikova. Number one court from 11 a.m., gentlemen's wheelchair singles final, Tokito Oda versus Alfie Hewitt, followed by the Junior Boys final, Yaroslav Demin versus Henry Searle. Number three court from 11 a.m., quad wheelchair singles final, Niels Vink versus Heath Davidson, followed by the Ladies wheelchair doubles final, Yui Kimiji and, oh god, Kagathatso. Mon, 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 Yon, I, I honestly can't even do it. Mont, it, it looks like Mont Jane. M O N T J A N E. I'm just revealing my ignorance here, which is fine. Against DeGroot and Grifoyen, the, uh, which was the singles final today. Followed by the girls' doubles final, Klugman and Lacey against Kovakova and Samsonova. Court 12, 1 o'clock. Junior girls final. Nganwe versus Bartenkova, followed by the boys doubles final. Jurich and Gia against Philip and Volpita. Alright, but obviously the big headline there is going to be the Alcaraz versus Djokovic final. And that's what we're going to spend a good portion of the time tomorrow discussing ESPN is going to have that match and then the ladies doubles final afterwards and uh, that is going to do it um, before we wrap it up here um, here's what's going to happen on the rest of the pod so I'm going to play the audio from the four men's semifinalists from yesterday because I didn't I did not get a chance to play it on yesterday's pod so coming up if if you if you do not want to hear the players and you just wanted to hear me talk, you can shut this off now. But if you want to hear what the players had to say, which I always encourage because the players are more interesting than me to be frank. It's more fun to hear it from the primary source. If you want to hear that, go ahead and stick around. And um otherwise, we are going to wrap the episode here. Surely you are wondering Wait a minute, Trip. Aren't you going to talk about the Jabor versus Vondrasova match? And yes, I am on tomorrow's podcast. So um, I'm going to hold off 
this uh, weekend singles discussion until tomorrow. So for both finals, the men's singles final and the women's singles final, tune in to the Megapod show tomorrow to get my take on that. All right, everyone. Talk to you later. Press conference for Yannick Sinner. Please raise your hand and state your name and organization when asking your question. Yannick, just a tough day today. Give us your initial thoughts. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, You played a, a very good match. Um, I obviously tried my best. Um, uh, I felt like um, I had some chances. I couldn't use them, so it's it's... It was tough, um, but I felt actually not, uh, yeah, good on the court. So it's um, uh, for sure a tough day, but I'm I'm, I'm gonna learn about this and hopefully I can I can improve. Hi, Anik. What were you trying to do today that you were unable to do in terms of the way you were playing? You seem to have some trouble with your footing at times. Yeah. It, it, it was a little bit more humid today than in the, than in the last uh, matches, um, but it's for both of us for sure. Um, uh, regardless of of the score, um, I felt like I was more close this year than the last year. Um, and that's what I felt. I felt like also the level was was better, so um, I think it's something positive from my point of view. Um, as I said, you know, I had I had chances um, in the beginning of the match. Um, uh, then I had break points in the in the second set, third set. I had set points, so you know, it's it's it's. I felt like I was closer this year than last year, even if last year was five sets. Um, so yeah, but as I said, he in the pressure moments he was playing very good, uh, not missing. So it's. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's him. Yannick, uh, your opponent uh, had a hindrance call. I wondered what you made of that. Were you hindered by the shout at that point? Yeah, it's... Um, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a call of the umpire, no? Um, obviously, he hit the ball already, and then after he was shouting quite long and 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 quite uh with the volume up so it's uh i came there obviously you know i'm i'm i was quite focused about the ball um but yeah players or or we do this when we are quite sure that we win the point with this shot um also like i don't know uh bublik um uh, against um Andre in the in the last game was it was similar, no? Um, yeah, that's it. Yannick, what do you feel like you need to to do to take the the next step and win these matches? Trying to to play in these situations more often, <laughs> you know. Um, I knew before the match already that is. That is a tough match today, but that's why I practiced for. I felt like I was ready. I I went with the right mentality on the court. I 
I had the belief to to win this match. Um, you know, it's uh, I'm not afraid to to play these kind of matches. No, so uh, you know, um, first semi final is never easy to play. Um, but I felt like, as I said before, my level was was good. I was just, um, especially in the pressure points, I I'm. Yeah, I messed it up a little bit, but you know, it's uh, trying to, to take out the positives and looking forward. Uh, John from Radio News Hub. Can anyone stop Djokovic winning Wimbledon? Let's see Sunday. Uh, I don't know. Um, it depends also on in, in, in what situation they will play. Um, obviously, the other finalists we don't know yet. There are two different players. Um, obviously, he has been in this situation much more often than, than his opponent is going to be. Um, he played more grass court matches than his opponent. Um, but let's see, you know, it's, it's, it's also a final, you know, with more pressure maybe also and everything so let's see it's uh but yeah he's he's the favorite for sure well, the key on grass is to keep your serve um and novak is very good at that um novak serve is called um underrated sometimes can you help us to understand what it is to be in front of novak's serve is it hard to read is it maybe quicker than we have the impression by by sight? Can no, it's um, yeah, uh, tough to read. I felt like he is he has improved also the surf a little bit. Um, and when he's missing, he's not missing on on, on much. You know, it's uh, always quite quite close to the lines. Um, but still, I felt like I was returning good. Um, the more the match went, more so it's uh, I. I started to play better, um, but yeah, it is it is a very tough serve to uh, to return because also it's it's especially the first serve is not bouncing quite high, it's it's quite flat and with a little bit of slice and everything. So you know, it's a uh, it's a good serve, yeah. But Yannick, is it harder to play the ball against Novak Djokovic than anybody else? What I mean is, you're aware of what he's done in the sport. Is that does that come into your mind? Um, not obviously. You know that you play against the best player in the world at the moment, especially on this surface. But um, as I said, it's it's. I don't think about this so much because I feel like. Uh, you have to make your own decisions on the court, and obviously, if you think how how big he is, you 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 struggle. Um, you know, it's uh, his mental side is very strong for sure. Um, especially as I said before, the important moments he knows exactly how how to play them. He's not gonna give you something. So I also. As I said before, it's it's. I had some uh, some easy shots which which I missed. I was up in the in the tie break, made a double fall and and a couple of return uh, a couple of rally misses. But 
you know, it's uh, it's also not easy. I'll be doing my intro while you're waiting. Good after, good evening. Welcome to the press conference for Daniel Medvedev. Please raise your hand and state your name and organisation when you ask your question. Daniel, tough day today. Just give us your initial thoughts. Yeah, tough. Um, uh, it's tough to say because he played well. I feel like I didn't play too bad. Um, could have for sure played better, a little bit uh, serving better, but it was, you know, not a terrible match, but uh, very tough because center for sure different to court one. And I knew it and you have to adapt. And that's not, uh, you know, the first time in my career where I have to adapt to different courts, but not easy because I didn't hit on center before this morning, got 30 minutes, but uh, yeah, it was a little bit more wet in a way. So the ball was sliding more through the grass and I was missing a lot just because I was late a little bit on the ball. And I feel like on grass, the rhythm, and that's what I always said is the most important. And that's a little bit what I was missing, uh, especially especially on the return, I would say. Um, yeah. Questions? Daniel, 6-3, uh, 6-3, six, 6-3, three, six, three, six, three, less than two hours, you already answered a little bit to my next question. To me, you didn't play bad. It was just an impressive for me because he defend like unbelievable and he can hit like with dynamite in, uh, in the arm. And what is the most difficult part to facing him what, what is the challenge yeah i mean he's a very strong player i would say in general um to uh, um to compare like the big three you know they they're amazing they win so many grand slams uh they win so many matches he's kind of like them you know he's still 20 already has one grand slam uh, playing great uh, been number one for many many weeks at the same time uh you know, I managed in before in my career to beat uh, the best players in the world, um, including some of the big three. Never beat Roger, but we never played also when I started to be really uh, in the top 10 in a way. Um, and you have to play your best. You have to play your absolute best. And as you say, as I say, I didn't play bad, but I didn't play my absolute best. And against someone like Carlos, Novak, Rafa, you need to, to be at your best. Maybe against... Uh, other guys, you can be playing not bad and you're going to have your chances and maybe during the match, you're going to find uh, something to to work with. With uh, Carlos, you need to be at your absolute best and that's how you can win. And unfortunately, I was not. Uh, Matt Butterman, what, what's, your, um, what's your process for getting over a disappointment like this? I mean, do you, how, is it, do you, have, do you have something you do or you, you talk to couple days ago about what happened after Paris, but that's a different situation, first round, fluky thing. Now you're, you know, you get to a deep end. Well, yeah, it depends. I don't know yet uh, how right now, because in a way, if before the tournament, I would, I would say like this, how can we say it? If someone would ask me, are you happy with the semifinal? I'm like, yes and no. For sure, if I'm in the semi-final, I want to win it. I want to win it. I want to play against Novak on Sunday. I want to try to hold the trophy. But it's my best Wimbledon uh, so far. Normally on grass, I didn't feel amazing. This These two weeks, I felt great. So it's already... Uh, I'm trying usually after the losses to find the positives. I was in uh, four best players of the tournament uh, together with amazing players, Yannick, Novak and, 
and Carlos. Actually, I don't think uh, in a way uh, after the big three started to get a little bit injured and stuff, uh, we got a lot of slams where top three were in the semis because usually you have upsets and stuff like this. So it's great, you know, to prove that uh, again and again, I can be in this uh, uh, deepest stages of biggest tournaments, uh, but I will be disappointed with the loss. And the only thing I can do is uh, say to myself, next time, try better. Try try to win a slam next time. Try to beat Alcaraz or whoever else next time. And that's uh, the only way until uh, you finish your career. Hi, Daniel. Do you think Carlos has what it takes to beat Novak on Sunday? I, I think yes. They never played on grass and Novak on grass, uh, what he won, like, I don't know, uh, I mean, I don't want to count, but 30-something matches in a row in Wimbledon. Um, so it's going to be tough <laughs> just because you play the guy who barely loses here. Uh, so I think it uh, should be interesting match. Um, actually, a little bit what surprised me in a way, again, we're talking that maybe I didn't do enough well, but there were players who, who were uh, causing trouble uh, to, to Carlos. Uh, Jari was... Uh, uh, won a set and was up uh, in the force with a break. Uh, Berrettini for a set and a half was kind of causing big troubles. I unfortunately didn't manage uh, to do it and that's where I'm disappointed. I'm like, other guys could and I didn't manage to do it here in the semis. At the same time, maybe he played better. And so, yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, final. Um, number one and two in the world right now. Even if I have amazing uh, season, I think they're even quite far ahead uh, in the race, in the points now, just because... Yeah, they every tournament they play, they go far. So uh, I think uh, I think we cannot, uh, you know, uh, we cannot say uh, who's going to win for sure. I think could be could be a tough match. Hi, Daniel Yasmin from the Express. Commiserations. I know you prefer the hard courts. Now that you've got a Masters on the clay and a Wimbledon semi-final, which surface of the two do you prefer, and which result is a bigger deal? I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know, so tough to say because Masters is a big thing. We know that Grand Slam is bigger, it's out of five sets. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, the toughest there is, I think, in tennis. Uh, but Masters is also a big deal. And uh, I would say it's equal for the moment. So let's see, let's see next year's and let's see if uh, throughout my career I'm going to be able to to do better result uh, in a slam uh, than here. On clay, basically, except Roland Garros, I cannot do better because Masters is the second thing after Grand Slam. So let's see where I will be able to, to go even further. Roland Garros are here. Global Mail in Canada. Coming into this tournament, you weren't sure what the mood would be like here, given everything going on in the world. Um, now that you're leaving, unfortunately, what can you give me a sense of how you found it these past two weeks? Amazing, amazing. Uh, even today, as I said, throughout the two weeks, they were going uh, for the underdog. I was losing in the match, uh, so they were supporting me, supporting me like crazy. I felt like they wanted the match to to prolong, and I actually tried. I, I broke him two times, third that, uh, but my serve was going uh, worse and worse. He was putting pressure. Uh, I was doing, you know, some second serves, uh, 100 miles per hour, so pretty decent second serves. He was crushing them, so... Uh, I tried and uh, it was uh, amazing to be back at Wimbledon. Uh, I hope I can uh, come back here many, uh, many more years and try to, to improve the result. Uh, that's what I managed to do this year. I'm going to try even harder 
uh, next few years. And as I say, it's been absolutely amazing. And not only during the matches on the court. Uh, generally, uh, if I saw anyone uh, in the city, well, if anyone saw me in the city uh, or, uh, I don't know, in the cafes or stuff like this, it was a great, uh, great atmosphere. Uh, so really grateful and we'll be happy to come back to, to England many more times. Are you someone who digests a defeat like this rather easily? And what's next for you? Uh, very tough to answer because sometimes, usually I would say yes, but many times it happened to me that after some defeats, I would have uh, two, three tournaments, a really bad, um, how can we say, curve, you know, where I would play bad. And I would be like, probably it's coming from the defeat, so I have to, to digest it better uh, and uh, get over it. And sometimes, actually, I was able to straight away uh, kind of jump from the defeat and, let's say, win the next tournament or something like this. So, I mean, as I said uh, previously, I cannot change the past. I can only try to play better next time. Uh, if I have one more semifinal of Wimbledon, I have to try to, to play better, serve better, uh, miss less. Uh, and that's the only way I can go forward. So next uh, tournaments, uh, I need to try to do better try to win them, try to play my best. I think you don't watch tennis that much uh, as when you're out of the tournament. Will you watch this final for personal or professional interest? Because it's not half of a match. It's a very great match and I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a very great match to watch, but I'm not going not gonna to watch it just because I'm going to be too disappointed to, to not be there. Even if uh, I deserve, uh, I, I lost. Uh, I don't deserve to be there in the final because I didn't, uh, didn't win today. But if I watch it on TV, uh, I'm probably going to digest my loss worse because I'm going to be like, uh, my God, this forehand, this double fault, this return, I should have done better. I should have done, let's say Novak wins. I should have done like Novak. Why didn't I do it? Too many questions. So I'm going to follow a live score, uh, probably. I'm going to be interested in a live score, but I'm not going to watch it. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll uh, see the highlights somewhere uh, in the news or something like this. Uh, where do you see your game in four or five years uh, compared to, to Novak Djokovic, which was, a, was mainly a baseliner? Now, sometimes he does serve and volley. He's hitting stronger than ever. Considering your heights, where do you see your game? I think depends. It always depends for me uh, about the percentage. What I feel like um, is going to be the best shot to win. If at one moment of my career, I'm going to be there and I say, look, I think right now doing serve and volley every point is going to be the best chance for me to win most matches possible. I'm going to do it. For the moment, I don't think so. Uh, like today, I tried, you know, like uh, against Eubanks to, to go a little bit uh, closer on the return. But uh, Carlos' serve was with a little bit of kick was not that easy on grass because it was giving me different bounces. And so from the close, I, I felt like it was not the good... Uh, um, thing to return for close, so I went back uh, and actually it was working not too bad. Um, and so it's the same, uh, it depends my body. I don't know how I'm going to be in three, four years, hopefully feeling great and then I can run like I do right now. Um, but in general, probably what we see from players, the older you get, the more you have to adapt and I'm going to adapt if needed. I feel like I'm still someone, a good tennis player and I'm capable to adapt to, to different situations. I think it's possible, but it definitely depends my body. Um, 
and uh, depends my family you know if at one moment uh, imagine my family tells me uh, look we uh, we want you uh, my children or or my wife uh, we want you to be more at home maybe i'm gonna say okay i'm gonna play just grand slams and if it doesn't work out you know you drop in the ranking and you finish your career so uh it depends many things um you can get injured get out of the top 100 not be able to come back but in general i would say uh, uh i wanna i wanna be like this i want at uh, 37 years old to to be playing at the best uh, level of tennis possible uh, but it depends many, many different aspects, but I'm going to try my best to, to be able to do it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to the press conference for Carlos Alcaraz. Please raise your hand, state your name and organisation when asking your question. As before, we will not be doing a preview press conference tomorrow, so we have a little bit more time today to take questions previewing the final. Um, Carlos Great match today. Just tell us how, how it went for you. Well, uh, yeah, I played great today. You know, uh, I saw the, a really good level, you know, uh, tennis level and tactical level as well. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it was one of my best uh, matches on, on grass right now. I'm really, really happy to, to get through the final. How much do you like grass now? <laughs> uh, uh, could become the my, my best surface now. But uh, I always like play on grass. But probably after uh, this year, uh, even more. Uh, Rafa won here for the first time against Roger, and it was so special because of that. For you, how how important is it to win it? against the champ against the against Novak well uh gives you extra you know motivation I think it's uh more special to play you know final or uh, uh against a legend you know from our, our sport um uh, uh well if uh you know I, I win it, it would be uh amazing for me not only you know uh win a Wimbledon title uh but uh do it uh, against uh, Novak would be super special, you know, but uh, I always say that if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best, you know, uh, and uh, Novak is one of, of them. So it would be, it would be great, you know, if uh, I, I'll do it. Carlos, where do you, rent, uh, where do you rate sorry, this match? Uh, uh, among all the very good matches you played on a tennis court? Was it your absolute best level? Not that far? How do you rate it? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, this one probably was one of my best uh, matches, not only on grass, uh, but uh, on, uh, on the tour. You know, uh, I, you know, I rate like Eight from ten, something like that. Uh, it was it was amazing for me. Uh, I saw that a great level. So yeah, probably one of the my best matches. Carlos, when you played Novak at Roland Garros, you suffered cramp in the semi-final. What do you do to stop that from happening? It's not going to be as hot on Sunday. And what lessons did you learn from that match with Novak in the last four? Uh, 
Uh, well, I try to, you know, get into the court with uh, not as much nerves as uh, I probably had, you know, in uh, in French Open in the semifinal. I try to pull out all the nerves, uh, try to, you know, enjoy that that moment because probably in the semifinal uh, at the French Open I uh, I didn't do, you know, I didn't enjoy at, at all, you know, in the first half probably, uh, uh, you know, I'll do it something different, you know, uh, before the matches I prepared uh, the match a little bit different, you know, from from French Open. So uh, it's gonna be different for me. Uh, I hope not to get cramped during the final, but uh, I think I, I'll be I'll be better uh, on Sunday. Carlos, with that in mind at the back here, what will you do differently before the match? You say you will do something differently. <laughs> what is that? Well, uh, you know, physically I uh, I'll do it the same that uh, I'm uh, what I, I was doing you know before the matches but probably in the mental part uh, I uh, I will do something different you know to stay calm uh, to so that I'm not nervous uh, you know I some exercise in the mental part I don't know uh, what I'm gonna do but uh, I'll do some exercise you know to stay to stay calm and to forget that uh, I'm or I'll try to forget that I'm going to play a final against against Novak. Alas, you said um, you were pleased with your tactics against Daniel today. Do you already know in your head what your tactics will be against Novak? Uh, not yet. <laughs> uh, I have to get deep, you know, in into that because Novak has uh, no weakness, so it's going to be really tough to find. Uh, you know the way to uh, to beat Daniel for him. Uh, so uh, right now is not the time to to think about it. Uh, I, I will have time tomorrow. Uh, the day off is is for you know to prepare the, the match. So I, I talked with uh, with my team and uh, we will find uh, the way to you know uh, to win Novak. <laughs> Novak said that the eyes of the world, the sports world, beyond the tennis world, will be on this match. How would you describe the importance of this match to you? Probably this is going to be the, uh, mm, I mean, the best moment of my life, probably. Uh, you know, I playing a final uh, here in Wimbledon is something that I dream uh, about when I started playing tennis and as I said before it's even better playing against Novak so it's gonna be a really uh, emotional moment for me that uh, I'll try uh, to stay calm in that moment but uh, you know probably with uh, well, for Novak is you know one more day uh, you know one more moment but for me it's gonna be the, the best moment of, of my life I think because uh, I'd like to challenge you with a, a different question. Uh, your grandfather played tennis, your father played tennis, because you and your brothers uh, played tennis. Why do you think you stood out in, in this crazy, uh, the family crazy about tennis? Do you have any explanation? The second part is uh, Rafael Nadal, the king of play. 
you win those 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 French Opens, all those French Opens. But Wimbledon was the, was the tournament that he wanted to win when he was young. Did that happen to you? Or? <laughs> say again. Okay, about about the family. Yeah. Uh, about the family. What, what, why do you think you stood out having the same genes? And then, if if Wimbledon really was like it was for Rafa, the the, the Grand Slam that he wanted to to win first when he was a kid. No, no. Top. El top del, del tenis, que no tu padre, ah. no tu, tu abuelo. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, my father couldn't uh, turn pro, you know, couldn't, uh, you know, pursue he, uh, his dream, you know, to be uh, a professional tennis player. Uh, he was all times uh, it was uh, different times than the, than now that's obviously and it was i would i would say tougher you know to to get uh, more deep into the, into the tennis uh you know and he he couldn't and you know he he always wanted to uh, uh to be into tennis you know as a coach uh, i mean uh, all my brothers uh, know how to play tennis um you know, and my dream, it was always to, to be professional and I pursued my, my dream uh, since I started playing tennis. So I, I would say uh, it was, you know, uh, the, the ambitious that uh, I could reach my, my dream to, to be professional. I, I don't know uh, how to explain it, but uh, I'm going to say I'm gonna say that. Yeah. Rafa? Uh, Rafa, Rafa. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, well, I always want to, to, to win all the Grand Slams, uh, but uh, as I said before, I would say uh, here in Wimbledon is uh, the most beautiful tournament that I, that I played. Um, yeah, probably is uh, one of the one of the slams that I mm, want to to win first. You said uh, mental exercises before the final. Is there someone you work with on that? You have a psychologist or something like that? Yeah, I have a psychologist uh, that I work with uh, with her since you know the beginning of 2020. Uh, you know, she helped me a, a lot, and you know, I, I will talk with uh, with her uh, how to, you know, prepare prepare that uh, that match, that important moment for me. Uh, that is gonna be easy, but uh, you know, I I'll talk with with her. Hi, Carlos. Uh, congratulations for reaching the final. Uh, we know you grew up idolizing Roger, mm -hmm. but. What is Novak to you? What is Djokovic? What why do what do you admire about him? Well, uh, you know, uh, I agree up watching watching him as well. Uh, mm, I mean, I admire him the most. Him the most, uh, like uh, you know, he he has beating all. You know the the the, the big guys. You know, uh, Roger. 
uh, and Rafa when he 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 was younger. Um, you know, being the guy he is right now uh, and uh, everything he has been through is is amazing. And I mean, as I said before, he has no weakness. He's a really complete guy, really complete player. Uh, he's he's amazing. You know, he uh, he does nothing wrong you know, on the core. Uh, physically, he's a beast. Uh, mentally, he's a beast. Uh, everything is uh, is unbelievable for him. So uh, I think it's a, a mix uh, of of everything that I admire him the, the most. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. Welcome to the press conference for Novak Djokovic. Please raise your hand, state your name and organisation when asking your question. There will be no preview press conference tomorrow for the final, so please ask any preview uh, questions in this press conference. We'll have a little bit of extra time. So, um, Novak, back into, the, back into the final. Great performance today. Just give us your initial thoughts on the match. Well, it was... a. Uh well-fought uh, straight set victory. Um, each set was, you know, closer than it appears maybe on the on the scoreboard. And uh, I knew that he is going to try to be aggressive and, uh, you know, hit from both forehand and backhand quite flat and, and, and fast. And so I needed to be really sharp from the beginning, which I think I have. And um, uh, I think that the, I found the right shots at the right time. Serve was kind of going up and down, uh, but you know I managed to make him play always an extra shot, especially towards the end of the match. And um, yeah, he basically made some unforced errors to, to give me the victory in the tie break and also when he was two set points up in the third. Uh, you know, but that's tennis, obviously, in that pressure point uh, moments. It's uh, it's not easy always to play the 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 shots that you desire you know and uh so so it was of course great for me that i uh, was able to finish the job in straight sets Novak, uh, what's it been like to go through this tournament and get to this final it's as you know the first time that you're not in the grand slam race anymore or that you're atop the grand slam race that's you know not your primary focus as it has been the last couple of years. Has it been different mentally as you brought in other motivations? What, what is going through your mind? What has taken up that space now that that thing isn't in your mind? To anymore? be honest with you, I, I don't feel much difference, you know. Um, the ambition is always the highest for me, you know, always to win the title. So it, it's not changing uh, regardless of the place in history, uh, history books. Um, Maybe some people think that it would be a, a huge relief for me if, uh, winning Roland Garros, and, you know, being being the the only men's tennis player with 23 slams. But it, there, it, it's not. I mean, pr pressure is there. It's still very high. It, I still feel, you know, goosebumps and butterflies and nerves coming into every single match. Um, so I'm I'm going to be coming into the Sunday's final like it's my first. To be honest, you know, I, I don't uh, don't want to uh, approach that finals uh, in any uh, more relaxed way than I have 
you know, previous ones, meaning the intention needs to be clear and, you know, goal and uh, an approach will be as serious and professional as it has been always. So not much difference for me there. Anyway, congrats. Uh, we love to talk about experience, but at some point, do you feel it has this much importance or it's just as today or maybe the next time on Sunday against Carlos that you're just playing the best tennis than the rest of the field? Well, uh, I can speak from on my own behalf in my matches. I mean, I obviously, you know, have more experience than than most of these guys that I that I faced here, and that I will face on, on Sunday as well. Um, that experience, yeah, could help a little bit. I think in maybe some important moments or beginning the match, managing the nerves, managing the the occasion circumstances yeah that that that's where experience could play a role but it's not going to be the deciding factor really it's not going to affect that much on the game itself um so whoever on a given day is in a better state uh i mean mentally and and, and physically will will be the winner what are the feelings you experience in the moment when you win a major championship uh, huge relief, uh, obviously incredible joy, satisfaction, pride. Um, it's kind of mixed, mixed feelings, you know, because Grand Slam is a is as paramount of uh, the pressure levels that you can experience as as any other tournament. Uh, you can't compare it to any any other tournament. Actually, you know, it's an incredible amount of uh, just uh, dedication uh, from a from a player to to stay in the tournament and go all the way um so yeah it's a huge relief uh, just to finish the tournament but to finish it with a with a title obviously is something that uh, 128 players in the draw want to to achieve um yeah it's it's an ultimate showdown you know everything comes down to one match um all eyes of the tennis and sports world will be directed on uh, the Sunday Wimbledon's uh, Wimbledon's final, and it's probably the most watched tennis match globally. Um, I look forward to it. Hi, Novak. I've been now on television. You have won the last six of the eight uh, Grand Slam you have played in. Uh, how do you manage to stay uh, so strong for so long on all uh, surfaces and against uh, all players and even if the new, the new generation? Um, well, uh, it's no secret that uh, Grand Slams are the highest priority for me, the highest uh, goals on, the, on, on my priority list. Every time I start a season, you know, I want to peak at these four tournaments and I try to organize my schedule, training schedule uh, and my, my preparation weeks uh, and all the tournaments uh, according to these priorities. So all the tournaments that I play are basically uh, leading me up to to Grand Slam. And um, I'm really glad that, that uh, this year or actually the last several years, uh, my Grand Slam um, seasons are amazing. Uh, the, the results are fantastic. So, yeah, I, I have a good team of people around me, and we we do things in a proper way on a daily basis. And I think that uh, gives us benefits. You know, when we 
get to the later stages of a, of a Grand Slam, it's, you know, most of the players are probably exhausted a bit physically, mentally, and, <clears throat> and uh, or maybe they don't feel like they can go a step further, you know. Um, but for me, I, I, I feel that uh, the job is not finished until I, you know, lift the trophy and hopefully, and, and you know, play in the finals of a Grand Slam. So I put myself again in that position and, of course, I'm, I'm very thrilled. Hi, um, Alan Crooks Press Association. Just on the on the hindrance call, it's obviously a pretty unusual thing to happen, especially in a, yeah. a Grand Slam semi-final. I just wonder, have you had a chance to, to watch it back? Yeah. Do you feel, and what, what your, is your opinion now on the call? Well, I, first of all, I have to re obviously, mean, I have to accept the, the decision from a chair umpire. That's it. You know, he, uh, it was quite a close call, I must say. I mean, it has never happened to me. I've never had a hindrance call um, for extended grunt. Um, and I, I saw the, the replay and I saw that my grunt finished before he hit the shot. So I thought that that um, that chair umpire's call was not correct. I mean, in my opinion, but again, you have to accept it. <clears throat> from Polish television, Polosat. Uh, you, you want another tie break? Why are you so strong in tiebreak, or why your opponents are losing? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm aware of the tiebreak streak, and I think the longer the streak goes, the the I guess mentally more resilient or tougher I am in these particular uh, situations. You know, playing in a tiebreak, coming into every tiebreak now, it, it, you know, I feel. I think more comfortable than my opponent, you know, I just because of the record. And I think that my opponents also know about that record. So that, you know, mentally makes a difference. And uh, I was down 3-1 in a tiebreak. He, he, he really gifted me the point with the double fault. And I was back in the, the tiebreak. You know, it could have been 4-1 for him. And who knows uh, what kind of direction the tiebreak would go into. But, you know, tiebreak is such a, um, in a way, a gamble because one or two points can really decide uh, the, the whole course of a tiebreak on grass. You know, if you make one double fault or if you miss a first serve and uh, the opponent plays a great return uh, and you hold your serve till the end of the tiebreak, that, that, that can be enough, you know. So um, that that's why uh, going into tiebreaks in, in grass probably even more stressful than, than any other surface because you know that you won't maybe get as many chances, you know, to be in the rally. Um, yeah, and I mean, he he didn't play such a great last three, four points. You know, I made mistakes. I was just trying to stay in the point and make him, make him play, just, uh, you know, make him play an extra shot. It was enough. Um, towards the end of the, of the second set, there were quite a few disturbances from the crowd. Um, and then you were, seemed to be kind of reacting to that as you came back from 1540. Can you just talk us through your emotions and feelings towards the crowd and during that? All time? love. It's all love. All love and acceptance. Um, yeah, Mike Dixon, the just uh, on that, that game when you had the hindrance, which is, as you said, very unusual for you to have to deal with, and then the time violation came mm -hmm. almost immediately afterwards. <coughs> 
just wondering what was kind of going through your head at the time. Were you having to concentrate on yeah. uh, holding, yeah. you know, Extra. like not, not erupting kind of thing? I had to try, you know, very hard to, to, to exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, I was just trying to, to hold my, hold my things mentally together, you know, not, not really, uh, get upset, even though I was really upset because I didn't think they was the right call. And then, yeah, I could have gone over. Probably I didn't see the, the, the time, uh, time clock I could have gone over. So you, you can argue and say, well, if you went over, even if it's the first time you should get a, um, time violation, which is okay, it's by the rules, but at the same time, you know, if it's the first time that it happens, it happens in a game where you already gave me a hindrance, where, you know, it's a close game, rallies, in these particular situations, I feel like Chair should, should, uh, yeah, just uh, recognize the moment a little bit more. But again, it was a very stressful game for me to to survive and to kind of storm through. And uh, it was super important because if he made the break, he was very close. He had a break point. You know, who knows what, what would happen from, from that moment onwards. But uh, yeah, luckily for me, I just, um, I stayed, stayed calm. Um, just preview for the next match. For the, did Alcaraz win? Yes. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is probably the, the, the most anticipated finals, I guess, from from um, from the the beginning of the tournament. Most of the people, you know, Alcaraz, myself, and it will be his first finals um, in in Wimbledon. He's so young, but he's incredibly consistent now. Uh, also on grass, which uh, I don't think many people expected him to uh, to play so well. Um, because his game is uh, basically yeah. uh, built and constructed and developed for, for clay mostly or slower hardcourts, but he's been incredibly successful uh, in adapting to, um, to the surface, uh, surfaces and demands of, and challenges of, of the opponents on a given day. Um, I see this as a great trait, as a great virtue, because uh, I, I, I actually see this as one of my biggest strengths, you know, throughout my career that I was able to uh, constantly um, develop, adapt and adjust my game depending on the, uh, on the challenges, basically. So that's what he's doing very early on in his career. So uh, kudos to him, you know, amazing player, great, great guy also of the court. He, he carries himself very, very well. Uh, you know, he, he respects the history of the sport, respects everyone. So, you know, no bad words about him at all. Um, and his team, his family. So, I mean, I've, I've seen him play in Queens a little bit and here he's been very impressive, you know. Uh, I think he uh, already developed a very accurate game on grass. Um, so, I think, uh, judging by the performances uh, that, we, that we've seen from all the players, I think this is probably the, the best finals that we could have. We are both in good form, we're both playing well, we're both... Uh, you know, I'll get, I guess want to take this title, you know, uh, without a doubt. Um, I look forward to it. You know, it's going to be a great challenge, I think, from greatest challenge probably that I can have at the moment, you know, from uh, um, any angle, really, physical, mental, emotional. You know, he's one of the quickest guys on the tour and uh, he can do pretty much anything on the court. Um, I, 
I consider myself also a very complete player. So um, we had a very good match until he started uh, struggling physically in Paris. I think we, we really took the level of tennis uh, to, to very high and I think it was great for the audience and great for us players to be part of that. So um, obviously completely different conditions here. Uh, grass is massively different from clay. Um, yes, I do have more experience playing in many more Grand Slam or Wimbledon finals than him, but you know, still he's in great shape. He's very motivated. He's young. He's hungry. I'm hungry too. So let's have a feast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.